In the past, we've really stretched the concept of board game out, and I think it's safe to say that we can explore all matters of gaming, from video games to fantasy football, and learn something about the board and card games that we play. Today, we are honing in on the most frequent start player deciding method in Japanese games rock, paper, scissors. As a teacher, I have encountered this strategy of making decisions frequently by my Japanese students. There was never a day in which my students didn't make an important decision based on the winner of this simple game. But rock, paper, scissors. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Rock, paper, scissors show a history. Rock, paper, scissors is a game that goes back to China. The first mention of a game even resembling our current game is found in the Wuzazu, a book written by Che Zhoushi in the Ming Dynasty. Which was between 1368 and 1644. The book claims that the origins of the game are a game called Shoshiling, which dates back to the Han Dynasty, which was between 206 BC and 220 AD. Li Riwa also makes a mention of rock, paper, scissors in his book Note of Li Wanshai, where the game is called Shoshiling, Wo Shi To, or Huo Huang. And I apologize for my butchering of the Chinese words there. Now, with a game that is this old, you have differing origin stories of how it spread, and it might be a combination of games as well. We are going to briefly go over them here. One is the origin of the Three Poles, which dates from a book written during the Zhou Dynasty, which was 1046 BC to 256 BC, and it comes from the idea that maggots eat each other. This led to the creation of a game in which you had three options the snake, the frog, or the centipede. Snakes fear centipedes. Frogs fear snakes, and centipedes fear frogs. In the Heian period of Japan, which was 784 to 1185 AD, it is thought that this three way block game called Sansukumiken in Japanese made its way over to Japan in the form of Mushiken. Sansukumiken is kind of a cool word, which means three are afraid of one another, and ken means fist. So Mushiken translates to insect fist. In Insect Fist, which sounds like a B level kung fu movie, players choose between a snake, a frog, and a slug. If you want to choose frog, you choose thumb, little finger for slug, and index finger for snake. The index finger is stronger than the thumb because snakes eat frogs. The thumb is stronger than the little finger because frogs eat slugs. And a slug melts a snake, so the little finger is stronger than the index finger. The slug melting a snake was a common superstition at the time. Now, a funny thing happened here because Insect Fist came over and got popular, but more offshoots took the idea and ran with it, whether it was to make better use of the same symbols or to use different ones. One that used the same symbols was Snake Fist, basing it off of the story of Jiraiya, a fictitious ninja. No, I don't mean the fictitious ninja from Naruto, I mean the one of legend, although maybe the one from Naruto is based off of this. Jiraiya was the ruler of a powerful clan in Kyushu. After the ruin of his clan, he becomes the leader of a band of chivalrous thieves and flees to the province of Echigo. On Mount Myoko, a mountain in southern Japan where toad magic is learned, he meets an immortal who initiates him into magic, giving him the power to transform himself into a toad. He eventually finds Sarashina, the man responsible for the ruin of his clan, and kills him. Jiraiya then meets Tsunade, a beautiful young woman who has mastered snail magic, whom he marries. One of Jiraiya's servants, Yashagoro, jealous and bewitched by a snake, Receives the powers of snake magic. 
He takes the name Orochimaru and decides to attack his former master. Jiraiya and Tsunade struggle against Orochimaru, but they are poisoned by the snake's venom and fall unconscious. Another minion of Jiraiya comes to the rescue, and the story ends abruptly on this scene. And this story has become one of the most popular ones in Kabuki theater. So voila, the snakes, toads, and slug snail thing represent Japanese legend now. The toad, the ultimate ninja Jiraiya, the snail, his wife, and the snake, his nemesis. Instead of the ultimate cliffhanger that the story ends on, you are deciding the winner. The snakes, toads, and snails were replaced in other iterations of the game, and at the end of the Edo period, Fox Fist became popular. There were two styles of this game, the fox, village leader, and fisherman, or the fox, fisherman, and gun. So I guess when kids go rock, paper, scissors, shoot, they might not be that far off. Now, the other origin of today's rock, paper, scissors game is a game called Number Fist, which originated in China in BC times, but didn't get brought over until the Edo period, which went from 1603 to 1867. Honken, as the variant was known, was brought to Nagasaki and played in red light districts, making this game solely an adult game. The rules of the game are that two people sit facing each other and hold out fists that represent numbers from 0 to 5 with one hand. It is a game in which each person predicts the total number. 0 is a clenched fist, 1 is a thumb up, 2 is a thumb and index finger up, 3 is a middle finger, ring finger, and little finger, like the okay gesture, 4 is everything up except for the thumb, and 5 is all the fingers up. Over the years, 1, 3, and 4 were omitted, leaving 0, 2, and 5, which were easier to see. Which, hold up a second, this looks a lot like the gestures for rock, paper, and scissors, and it is thought that these three became the Sansukumi fist. But these games were for adults, and the reason why the symbols were the symbols, like what is this about Jiraiya and Tsunade, and what is this number nonsense, it was unknown to kids. So the thought is that Rock Paper Scissors was actually developed in its present form by children trying to imitate the adult games. It is believed that children independently thought up and played different forms of what they thought the adults were playing until anyone, regardless of gender or age, could quickly understand who won and lost. From here, you get what is called the three symbols. Gu, which we know as rock, choki, which we know as scissors, and pa, which we know as paper. Gu just meaning I'll hold my fist as is. Pa meaning hey, show me your hands. And choki meaning I'm going to cut it with scissors. And gu smashes the scissors. So if you're ever wondering why paper beats rock, it's really more of a, hey, extend your fist, what are you hiding, type of thing. The Japanese say pon for show, and this is an onomatopoeia for when something appears suddenly. Some theories suggest that this was from the prevalence of mahjong and the pon, which, in Japanese mahjong, is when you receive the tiles discarded by the opponent and make a set of three of the same tiles. Over the years, the name has changed in Japan to what is now called junken, or junken pon. Nobody quite knows why, but there are three theories. The first is that it was called Ryanken because it was played by two people, but then it got changed over the years from Ryanken to Junken. Another theory is that a similar game called Jakuken was played by changing the shape of the hand into the rock, paper, or scissors, so it's just an amendment on that name. Or finally, you have the one that I think is probably the most likely, which stems from Snake Fist that we talked about earlier, which was sometimes called Jaken. So if you want to say that with an accent, it would become Junken, not Jaken. But what's important to realize is that this was a time of great culture in Japan, but they were limited in contact with the West because of Sokoku, or isolation. Nobody allowed in, nobody allowed out. Once this isolation period ended, however, the West quickly caught on to this game. The English name went with rock, paper, scissors, but in other parts of Asia, they may call it cloth. 
1921, the Washington Herald called it a method of Chinese gambling, and the Sydney Morning Herald mentioned the game as a method of drawing lots in a piece they ran on cricket. In 1924, a letter to the Times described rock-paper-scissors as a hand game called Zot, possibly of Mediterranean origin, but then a reader responded, identifying the game as Jungenpon, which they had often seen played throughout Japan. But it was interesting that it resembled the Italian game called Mora. At this time, rock-paper-scissors was still relatively unknown in Britain. In 1927, the French children's magazine La Vie Patronage detailed the game, calling it a jeu japonaise, which translates to Japanese game. Its French name, Chi Fo Mi, is based on the old Japanese words for one, two, three. In 1932, the New York Times published an article on Tokyo's Rush Hour, describing the game's rules for American readers. It was not yet widely known in the United States. The 1933 edition of Compton's Pictured Encyclopedia described rock-paper-scissors as a common method of settling disputes among Japanese children, with the name John Kem Po. But although the origins might be vaguer than some others we have talked about on this show, the current popularity is definitely not up for debate. Rock, paper, scissors remains one of the most internationally recognizable games, and for Japan, it's a decision maker. There is not a more common starting player decider than rock, paper, scissors in Japanese gaming, and the idea of three balancing elements is prominent in Japanese video gaming and board gaming. Think of Pokemon, that every element has its own weakness and strength, starting with that original choice in every game. Do you want fire, water, or grass? or Fire Emblem, where swords beat axes, and axes beat spears, and spears beat swords. Robots have been built to try to win rock-paper-scissors. In 2012, the University of Tokyo was able to build a robot capable of winning 100% of the time. They named it Junken. Hey, the researchers are good at robotics, not in naming. This robot was good at Junken. In fact, it was so good that one wonders, wait a second, no, wait a millisecond. It won all the time by cheating. It would read the opponent's moves and generate the proper response within 20 milliseconds. The next year, a second version was invented that required only a millisecond. Too bad that these robots can't play in the professional leagues that have sprung up all over the world, offering prize money in the tens of thousands. Strategy guides are written, including about the great eight gambits. Jeffrey Inglestein even goes into just how much luck is involved in his book Game Tech, which is an absolutely essential read for those interested in game design. There is no denying that rock, paper, scissors is an international phenomenon. The fact that it has remained mostly unchanged in the last few hundred years is a testament to its simplicity and enjoyment. The very points that the kids were trying to implement in a game to try to imitate adults. Who needs to talk about ninjas or numbers when you can just say rock, paper, scissors, go. Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked the episode, please, please, please drop a five-star review on your podcast app. Seriously, it helps the algorithm help people find our show. And if you want to see and hear more from us, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, as well as on YouTube. And if you want to email us, it's boardgamedojopodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again. Arigatou gozaimashita. Until next time, jane. Ja